Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And we believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Truly, we thank and praise God. And I know I, I'm just pausing. I just wanted to sink in. I, I'm just enjoying God right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you haven't told him thank you this morning, you ought to open your mouth up and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty God, for the Lord is worthy to be praised. Let's go before our God in a word of prayer. Whatever the situation is that, that you need prayer for, I want you to put that in the forefront of your mind. Now, whatever it is, uh, don't don't put uh, Lord give me a, a husband, give me a wife, give me a a boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't don't do that. No. But let's focus on ourselves. Lord, teach me your ways. Because somebody else is saying, Lord, teach me your ways. And, and you know what? Your path may cross. Because the Lord has taught you his way. Maybe it's a financial burden right now that you need prayer for. I want you to know that he's able to resolve that. I have my own personal testimony about it. And so I know. So I talk from experience. The messages that have been preached, the word of God that has been written and published on Amazon uh, in the form of books are all experience. Yes, God has blessed me with some experiences that made me cry, that made me happy. And I've learned some things along the way. So if your prayer is financials, and we're going to pray about that. And then you're going to obey what God has to say about being good stewards, handling them business properly. It won't make sense to pray and, and then you don't do what is required. Maybe you're sick in your body. I certainly know about that too. And God is a healer. And there are some things that you may not be healed of. Yes, there's scripture for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we need to pay attention to what God's word had to say. Above everything, we're praying that, Lord, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. You blessed us to gather into this place. You, you blessed us to travel from our homes to into the city of Pomona in the gathering place. Lord, thank you 
for keeping us throughout the work week. Thank you for keeping us, Lord God, throughout, Lord Jesus, our travels, things that we did, recreational. Lord, even allowing us to digest some Kimballs and bits. Lord, thank you. We ask, Lord God, that, that you would continue to bless us in this moment as we seek your face. Lord God, as we feel for you, that we might find you. Lord God, as we search for you, as we chase after you, certainly we are chasing after you and your righteousness. We're pursuing you, Lord. Lord Jesus, and there are situations that, uh, that, that we're wrestling with. Lord Jesus, but our hold is on you. Lord, remember those that are have uh, prayer requests, unspoken requests. I ask that you would bless them according to your will. Lord Jesus, let everything of our hearts and our desire line up with your will. We know that your will is that we would uh, do well in whatever scenario we're in. Your will is that we would have good health. Lord Jesus, you've given us a reasonable portion of health and thank you mentally, emotionally, physically. Thank you, thank you. We are grateful for what you have done. We are grateful for what you are going to do. Lord, we don't understand everything. We don't claim to. Lord Jesus, but you do, and that is enough. Lord God, thank you for understanding our needs, for understanding our cause, our actions. Thank you for correction. Thank you for instruction. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord God, for where you are taking us to. Thank you. Lord, thank you for the souls that we've reached out to. And Lord God, face to face, you blessed us to talk to about you and reminding them and inviting them to seek after you. Lord, thank you. Lord Jesus, bless each one that have repented of their sins and those that are looking for a church home. Lord God, that you would lead and guide them to the place that you would have them to be established. Lord, your word says a rolling stone gathers no moth. Lord God, so we know you want your people to be established and to be taught well. Lord God, bless them to be good hearers. Lord God, that the word fall, that they prepare their hearts so that your word and the seeding of your word lands upon good ground. Lord, thank you. Lord, bless the ministers, Lord God, that have that have studied your word and have sought after you, Lord Jesus, and that you would bless them as they stand before your people to lead and guide with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that we all come unto the measure of you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord Jesus, we wanna honor you by presenting our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. 
Lord, daily. Lord, thank you. Thank you for blessing us to be mindful of your word, to be faithful, to be bold, Lord, and to face opposition by obedience to your word. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. At this time, we're going to have our opening scripture to be read. And certainly my prayer is that you are blessed. My prayer is that whatever it is, I want you to know there's nothing that is too hard for God. Nothing impossible. And maybe you thought it was. I know I've been down that, that path, but if you if you listen to Bible class, as we talked about uh, crossing that bridge, there's a bridge that you come to and that you got to cross sooner or later. And I want you to know that there are porters on that bridge that is there to assist you as you cross. They are there to help you go from where you are to where you want to be. At this time, we'll have our opening scripture. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And, his, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And she shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in the sea. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in, ju in the judgment, nor, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. May the Lord. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing and a hearing to the reading of his word. Listen, we're going to go on into the service. We're not going to prolong service this morning. And and so um, thank God for our, our, our I don't want to say, well, our, <laughs> listen, <laughs> thank God for, for LG. Uh, coming in and, and certainly uh, he's learning some things. And so let's continue to pray for him and, and pray for me as well. My heart is exciting. So I'm overwhelmed with a lot of, of enjoyment this morning, things that I would like to say. But, you know, before we go into the word of God, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Todd Delaney. And one day, Lord say the same and, and Todd Delaney also say the same. 
then because <laughs> you know God can say you say yes and, and the individual say no. But uh, certainly um, my desire and hope is that uh, when we on a day that we dedicate our sanctuary, that he'll be one that will be there to perform at whatever the, the cost is. You know, and so that is my hope and my desire. And so at this time, there's a song by him called Victory Belongs to Jesus. And, and so we're going to uh, participate in that. Um, and you should participate, too. If you're driving down the street, if you're just getting up, maybe you're getting ready for service. As you prepare for service this morning or already in service, you need to remember that the victory belongs to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mighty God, we're going to go on into the word of God. And we have some adjustments and some things to make. But certainly we thank and praise God for his goodness and grace on this day. The Bible tells us that this is the day that the Lord has made. And we can certainly rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord. Hope you enjoyed that. Just wanted that to play a little longer and to because the victory belongs to him. And, and we need to remember that, you know, Genesis 15 and one tells us what? By that, somebody should remember what, what 15 and one says. But for those that don't know, it tells us that he is our exceeding and great reward. There's nothing and no one better than Christ. God manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Thank you, Lord. Uh, again, want to direct your attention. Let's, let's go into the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, is that on? Okay, in the book of Psalms, uh, I need to know when it's on. The book of Psalms, Psalms 23 and 6. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You should, you ought to want to encourage you, want to persuade you. And I can think of a lot of other words to say, but I think you get it. It's to tell yourself that truly goodness and mercy is going to follow me. It's going to follow me throughout this day. Every place I go, goodness and mercy is going to be there. If I go to the bathroom, goodness and mercy is going to be there. When I stop to get something to eat, goodness and mercy is going to be there. Uh, when I settle in, when I climb into bed, goodness and mercy is going to be there. 
the writer goes on to say uh, that goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. Now, some of us have, or some of us, well, some of us have more days behind us than we do ahead of us. But either way it go, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. What time you have left. Goodness and mercy is going to follow you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm going to dwell in his house now. And I'm going to dwell in his house later. Uh, I've already put in my address change. And I hope that you have done the same. That you've put in a change of address. That you serve notice to those that would send you a bill. Uh, those that would want to communicate with you. They should know where to find you at. Let's talk about goodness and mercy this morning. That usually I teach and exhort and different things, but uh, you know, uh, and as often as, or as much as possible to get the word out. And I'm going to do the same this morning. Now, before we go into the word, while it's, it's yet on my mind, next Sunday at at 3.30 p.m. will be at Greater Bethel Apostolic Church in the city of Moreno Valley. That is 24907 Sunnymead uh, Boulevard uh, for a Pentecostal service and uh, be speaking that day on at 3.30 p.m. Uh, to preach the word of God. That's the theme, preach the word, sanctioned with faith and signs following. I don't know if I'll actually preach that but but that's what I'll be at. So if you're in the area, Riverside area, please stop stop in and join us in service. You know, again, we want to thank God for you joining us online. And if you're looking for a church home growth of ministry, we want to invite you to join us and to grow with us. We're talking about grace and mercy. Now, the person or the author accredited with this uh, particular writing in Psalms 23 familiar passage that that uh, many know uh, growing up you may have been taught that or taught this passage as a child and i i know that my children uh, were given scriptures matter of fact my my bible that is in the trunk of the car right now and i, I have another one with me for those that say well you left your bible listen um my bible in the trunk of the car has their names written next to the scriptures that they had to learn I don't recall exactly who had to learn Psalms 23, uh, it, but uh, but maybe you learned it in Sunday school. Maybe you learned it. <laughs> I have hand gestures going. Maybe you learned it. And so, or maybe you didn't learn it. And so open your Bible up to it now. And so Psalms 23 uh, is a, a young man by the name of David. His father' name was Jesse, who was the uh, who was the son of Ohi and the grandson of Boaz and Ruth. Grandson of Boaz and Ruth. Now, if you recall Ruth, uh, or if Ruth was here today, uh, I believe she would say that His goodness and mercy has followed me. 
has followed me all the days of my life. Now, as she followed Naomi, and Naomi had two sons, and those sons married, and the two women that they married, uh, a famine uh, had hit the land, and, and so Naomi encouraged them, go back home, be with your people. But Ruth said, no, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you lay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow with you. I'm gonna stick with you. And so Ruth did that. And Ruth listened uh, to what Naomi had to say during some imaginable and unimaginable rough times. And Naomi uh, uh, told Ruth and gave her some instructions and she was blessed. She was blessed. Uh, this young lady that went from a poverty state uh, to marrying a wealthy man because she listened to what her mother-in-law had to say. And so have you ever been instructed, but you were so emotionally charged? Now they were emotionally charged. Uh, Naomi uh, didn't like the situation and 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 she talks about uh, the emotions of it. Now, I'm not gonna go in, uh, into that, but uh, there was emotional charge there. Sometimes we're uh, charged with anger, disappointment, hurt, you know, hunger. And some people become hangry uh, when they so hungry, you know, that they become hangry. And some of us have enough reserve that we don't become hangry, uh, but it takes a little more than others. And so, but they eventually we get there. And then there is the being emotionally or financially challenged. Then there are those that are filled with pride. And now, please don't get upset with me. I'm getting ready to use a phrase that, that some people don't like. Do not get upset with me. Uh, when I use this phrase. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, um, we're not going to be offended, but we're just going to have some understanding here. We do some stupid things. We do some stupid things. Now, I know individuals say, please don't use that word stupid around me. They get highly offended, but they've done some stupid things too. We do some stupid things. And stupid means that uh, having or showing a great lack of intelligence or common sense. And I, I wrote down a few, but uh, but you you know I, I know some people with PhDs, MAs, BAs, high positions that have done some stupid things. And not only that, but I, I have sons and daughters, and, and so I've had some visuals of many things that have occurred and and you don't have to go far you just walk by the mirror you can look in the mirror and when you look in the mirror sometimes a thought cross your mind that what you did was really stupid and so uh, if it doesn't make sense then it's what nonsense if it doesn't make sense then it is nonsense and we're reaching for the things that make sense you don't have to look far as i said we can think about our own actions and we think about the actions of others and sometimes we laugh at them. Sometimes it's enough that if it was us, it would make us cry. You know, putting off until tomorrow. What can be done today is when it's an important issue. It's not the brightest thing to do. I knew a young man that uh, this young lady, very attractive young lady, 
she was going to school to be a doctor and she was encouraging her boyfriend that was supposed to be her fiance to to step up his game too well he wanted to play video idiotio games and a lot of men are caught up in the playing video idiotio games and that's what they are playing video games and i refer to them as idiots uh, they're not making money or they're making a minimal salary and they have big plans for a lot of things but they're playing video idiotio games And so he wanted to play video games. She went on overseas to Doctors Without Borders and she became a doctor. When she came back to the United States, she was uh she is a MD. Now a lot of people have doctor in front of their name because they have a uh they study philosophy. And so actually doctor does not go in front of their name. It is uh Gregory Hodge PhD not Dr Gregory Hodge it doesn't go in front now when you're a medical doctor a medical doctor uh has MD and they're licensed to practice medicine they're a doctor if the plane crashed and they needed a doctor they want a medical doctor not a philosopher all right so those that have now, now, don't get me wrong i'm not bashing nobody i'm just correcting something there and so uh he wanted to play video games and we're talking about stupid those that claim of being a man but still have boyish actions ladies that fit the same for you too and so when we consider those things when we consider our actions does it make sense or does it make nonsense oh bless you lord god we ought to thank god because he gave us some common sense he gave us some sense that we should be using rather than ignoring as you mature you develop as you mature you begin to develop immunity huh you begin to build some immunity to what is going on now i used to tease and and say that as my 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 grandsons was little that i was going to let them play in the dirt you know and play with the silver stuff that the snails left behind and you know so that they can you know play in the dirt and build an immune system to certain things so that they would not be sickly and so if you recall some of us we, we don't recall being sickly whereas others are very sickly And so when you reach when you mature uh you start to build a resistance uh, to stupidity. Uh you start to build some protection against with yourself against those things that are that you consider does not make sense. Uh you start to build uh uh you you don't have all of the invulnerabilities that you used to have when you were younger because you have matured. you protect yourself against those symptoms of stupidity and those that carry that infectious disease now i i'm allergic to stupidity 
And so, you know, sometime when I'm in a situation and, you know, I'm around a group of people and then I start to feel that little itch where, I, you know, because I, I feel I know that somebody has been infected and they have not been immune yet. Uh, they, their immunity has not built up against that, you know, and so you try not to embarrass them by, you know, uh, scratching or sneezing and coughing around them because of the reactions. You want to protect yourself from the symptoms of stupidity and those that carry that infectious virus. Now, the Bible tell us, and it is infectious, the Bible tell us in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 34 and 33 and 34, it says, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Said, awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have the knowledge of God, and he said, I speak this to your shame. If you have not been vaccinated against stupidity, I encourage you to, to go to a church of truth and power near you and obey the word of God. The inoculation of his word will help you come up naturally and spiritually. John 3, uh, 1, chapter 1 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would uh, that you may prosper and be in health. So God is concerned about your health, a good health, good decisions, things that you do. You know, when we listen to the news and and situations, uh, we find that people are setting a chain of events into actions, uh, a chain of events that occur because one does not practice common sense. And if they're not practicing common sense, it doesn't make sense, except in their mind, it makes sense to steal something. And then when they deal with the repercussions of it, which would have never occurred, if I did not steal the car and run from the police, take them on a high speed chase, get everybody emotionally uh, heightened, Got all the adrenaline flowing. Uh, now I'm on channel five. The helicopter's following over. Jump out the car, run across the freeway, and run under an underpass. And when I get there, I fall. And then a police officer jumps on me, knees me, elbows me, treats me any kind of way because the emotions are high. And I want to blame it on the officer. I shouldn't have stole the car. I should have been at work. I should have been with my children. I should have been doing something productive instead of stealing the car. I'm not condoning abuse. I'm just saying, let's use some common sense and not set a chain of events and emotion in motion and then want to blame others for what happened. You may not like me with that, but it's the truth. Listen. We have to uh, be inoculated and God's word will help us. It will help us to have better health. He said, I would that even as your soul prosper, the nutrition uh, or the nutrients against this dreaded disease is in the proper application of his word. Yes, you can sit in church for year after year and Set there, hear the word of God, know how to quote scriptures and ignorant to what it means, ignorant to how it's being applied. Mighty God, 
Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Listen here. I, I'm a little strict when it comes down to, uh, well, I won't say a little, but a lot. When it comes down to certain things, because I've seen because of what I've seen. And what it has caused. And uh, it has caused physical, mental, and emotional trauma to individuals. I also recognize uh, someone has paved the way for us so that we don't have to suffer those things. Oh, bless you, Lord Jesus. And so that we can have the opportunity that is needed, opportunity that we have taken for granted. The impact of that contagion will help you. Uh, uh, you might feel entitled, but it will help you. It will help you. You ought to feel entitled to some things, but not everything. Entitled to what you have not earned is not good. What you have, uh, you ought to reflect on it and reflect on what you are striving to receive in this moment. You should feel entitled to learn instead of walking around in ignorance, walking around feeling uh, and fighting with others and trying to see who has the largest and, and who's the most. Listen here. Oh, bless you, Lord Jesus. You ought to feel entitled to learn. You ought to feel entitled to show some intelligence, uh, to work and be wise with your earnings and remember what the word of God says. The Bible tell us to study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, you ought to, uh, you need to be able to quote your vocational textbook as much as quote a scripture. Think about how better you would be professionally if you were quoting from your vocational studies, mathematical computations, AWS, medical, VBA, as quick as you ignorantly or ad hoc quote a scripture, you'd be a lot better off. Now, I was looking and, and I saw that it's only been about 160 years. January 1st, 1863, emancipation was signed. It meant physical freedom. But it also presented new challenges that we are still dealing with today. Struggles and opportunities that you're not fully taking advantage of. The press, when freedom came or when it was declared, was to show some intelligence because you were told, being told you were not intelligent beings to learn what they did not want you to learn because it was pulled away from you from in a language that you now need to understand. We need to understand the language. Those that are coming up, those that are graduating you need to understand the language and how to speak the language. The challenges and struggles of opportunities that you were not fully given in that day, some, some, not all, some exist today. So you ought to feel entitled to grab hold to that, entitled to learn, to read and write and build a relationship with the God that you knew before our ancestors, when they were taken into slavery, the God that they was worshiping then and then when they were brought into slavery, 
told they could not worship him in a dance. They could not worship him in musical instruments. They could not worship him. They did not have a freedom. And here we are today with that freedom. You know, there, there's a thing that, that you might have seen. You, you ever seen anybody uh, hand slapping their leg and, and stuff to make a sound and make an instrument out of their body? And, and so they, they would do that. Now, I, I'm not, I've seen it on TV, so I just tried it. Okay, <laughs> listen. <laughs> That's what they had to do because they were not permitted. And here we are today living in a form of freedom, not freedom, not denying that there are some restrictions, some things that we encounter, but a form of freedom that we have. Now, listen, the Bible tell us that we are to follow peace with all men and holiness and without uh, no man shall see the Lord. First Samuel six and 10 says that David lived with his father and his seven brothers. Like so many of our families, there was love. There was, it was a single family unit of the house. Dad, the, the Bible don't tell us. I, I have not read nothing about mom. Some form of dysfunction because when Solomon, when Samuel came to the house to anoint David, all the brothers was present except David. They had to go and send for him. Surely they thought it was going to be one of the others, the oldest one or the middle one or the one that was a little more handsome uh, than, the, than the one standing next to him. And, and, but it wasn't. It wasn't none of them. Bless your Lord Jesus. A dysfunctional family. Sometime beginning, dysfunction sometimes begins with the oldest. It could be the second or the youngest that seems to uh, to carry the that particular crazy DNA that keep things going. Now, kids are not born with a playbook. They're not born with a encyclopedia or anything attached to their ankles. And so uh, for some, it is a hit and miss. There's a try. There is a learning curve and experience as that child is born to understand their characteristic. They may have the characteristics of mom. They may have the uh, characteristics of dad. Dad was crazy, so the kid is crazy. Mom was insane, so the kid acts insane. Listen, we have some faults. We have some things that are being worked on. There are some things that we, life is an assignment and we're working on it throughout our entire life. We were all messed up. The Bible said all have sinned. Contaminants handed down from generation to generation, but God makes the difference in the equation. Each one of them had household shores. David's responsibility was to keep the sheep while he spent his days watching the landscape for two and uh, four leg predators. He made a slingshot and he practiced with that slave. That's why when he came against uh, those five brothers, uh, when he came against Goliath, the Bible said that he had five smooth stones. He had a stone for each of them. And he was planning to take them down. And so he carried five smooth stones with him. Something that would travel with the velocity and the intent that he had it for. Uh, listen, uh, you need to add some things to your arsenal. 
You don't have to specialize in everything, but uh, be very good in at least something. I recall using people using the term multitasking, you know, and, and you'll never be able to multitask. You can't multi do multiple things at one time. Uh, and so what but what you can do is prioritize the workflow. Uh, that's what they wanted to know. Uh, do you know how to prioritize? And so you specialize in one area uh, because with that one area, you can tie it into the rest. And that's what I'm looking at as a manager, as in, in interview processing and interviewing. I'm listening to how well you come across and, and you know, and, and that skill set. Uh, when you look at a job description, it may tell you that they're looking preferred to have, and they have a number of things listed. Now it says preferred. It didn't say you have to know all of that. You should be able to take what you do know and tie it and show how you can make it all happen with what you know. Specialize in a certain area. You have a right to do that. Specialize in that area and talk about what you can do and be ready to show what you can do and how it relates to what they are asking to be done. David understood the importance of family, uh, his family livelihood and economic responsibility and the dependency he played to all and everything that went on around him. The Bible tell us that there was a battle going on and David gave this testimony in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. David told King Saul, he said, our servant kept his father's sheep. I kept my sheep. And, and there was a lion and a bear. And it took the lamb of the flock. It came in and grabbed one of the innocents and took it. And I went after him and I smote him and I delivered him out of his mouth. And when I came and when he came across, me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. And so David talked about how he gave his testimony about how he killed the lion and the bear. When you specialize and when you know what you're doing, you can talk about what your accomplishments are, both naturally and spiritually. Oh, bless you, Lord God. It may have been during some peaceful times that David thought about his life, that David began to reflect on his experiences. Thank you, Jesus. He began to think about what happened in his life and where he was today. You ought to take some time and think about your life. Think about what's going on with you. Meaning you're going to have to sit down. You're going to have to close your mouth and think about where you are today. There's room for improvement and there's going to be room for improvement tomorrow. And if God give you grace, if God goodness leads you into the next day, there's going to be some room for improvement then. Well, the Bible tell us that he thought about it. It doesn't say it in those words. But it's implied that some thought was given in that moment. A reason to be grateful, a reason to give God some praise, a reason to keep things moving. It might have been in a moment like this that David began to utter 
a few words. He began to spit out some lyrics. Oh, oh, nah, 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 my savior. Oh, my redeemer, strong tower, uh, a shelter, everything I need. Gotcha, everything that I need. And came up with the words that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Have you thought about uh, what you want to tell the Lord today? Do you want to tell him how good he is? Do you want to tell him how great he is? Do you want to tell him how wonderful he is? Do you want to tell him how you feel about him? One day I got up in one of those old hymns that I used to hear them sing. Say, down through the years, God's been good to me. Down through the years, God's been good to me. And so I begin to utter those words. I begin to sing those words. It's undeniable. He's unequivocal. He's unquestionable. The victories are irrefutable, indisputable of his goodness and his mercy. Because when I look around, I see his goodness and his mercy everywhere. I believe David felt the same way uh, when David looked around. David said, God, I see your goodness over there. God, when I look back, I think about your mercy. When I fought with the lion and the bear, they could have took me out, four-footed beasts, claws on each paw. They could have captured me instead of taking the little lamb. But God, you've been good to me. You had mercy on me. Goodness is more than just a cliche or declaration. He's been good. It's more than just saying, ain't he good? Because you didn't, uh, oh, listen here. I'm not going to go there with that, but it's more than saying, ain't he good? It's more than wearing a t-shirt that uh, God is good all the time and all the time he's good. It's more than just a saying. But goodness is his character. When God shows up, goodness shows up. He might be coming to straighten you out. He might be coming to whoop your behind. That's his goodness because his goodness corrects us. He might be short up <coughs> excuse me, to bring you a blessing. No matter what it is, it's his goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. God's goodness shows up and he blesses us. He blesses us in numerous ways. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. His goodness. Goodness is his character. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise, all ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that have made us and not we ourselves. We're the sheep, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It says, enter into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. Uh, that's why I don't believe we got to come into service and, and tell folks to praise the Lord. I don't believe that we have to come into service and, and tell people to lift their hands up or to stand up on their feet and join in with a song. 
Oh, bless you, Lord God. The Bible already told us. It says, one, to do what? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Two, serve the Lord with gladness. Don't come in with some old sad praise. Some old dry bowl of cornflakes. You better pour some milk on it. My God, it said, come before his presence with singing. Knowledge, acknowledge the Lord that he's God. He said, the reason it is that he has made us and not we ourselves. Why? Because we're the people and the sheep of his pasture. He said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And then he tells us why again, because the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endure to all generations. Paul tells the saints at Philippi, he said, finally, brethren, uh, when we get to the end of the road, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I'm going to help you out here when your stress level has peaked before it peaks. When you feel it coming on, you ought to think about those things that are true. When you feel it trying to put a knot in your stomach, you ought to think about the things that are honest. You ought to think about the things that are just, the things that are pure, the things that are lovely, the things that are good report. In other words, change your mind. Think about some good stuff. And stop thinking about the bad things. Oh, bless you, Lord God. You know, when we think about it, when the kids is acting up, when the wife, the wolfie is acting up, when the husband is howling, oh, you need more than Calgon bubble bath to take you away. You need the word of God to move you, to transition yourself. David thought about it. David, dad, seven brothers, mom who? I've been some places. I've seen some things. Yes, I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. David understood that he's been challenged in life. I remember in 2019, I was in the hospital challenge, passed out, knowing nothing. The doctors, when they released me, said, we don't know why. We don't see and understand what happened in your body. I had to go to a heart specialist. And when they tested me, they said, get out of here. There's nothing wrong with you. No clogged arteries. All the tests came back negative. What a good God we serve. Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. His goodness and his mercy was following me just like it followed David. <coughs> Excuse me. And just like it's following you today. And you'll have your own valley experience. Uh, he said, thy rod and thy staff, a rod, power and authority is going to be with me. It's going to be with you. A rod for discipline and defending the sheep, defending your house. The staff along then stick that is used to put knots in it, it, it when you read about them carrying a staff it had history carved in it 
personal notes. So when they took that staff and they would pass it down to their sons, it had information on it. It was not just a staff that they were carrying around. Moses' staff transformed into a serpent. We're still talking about his goodness. Still talking about mercy. The Bible tells us in Numbers, the 17th chapter, said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their father. Talk to tribes. You, you're a tribe. You're a tribe. You're a tribe. So there's tribes, heads of the household. And tell them to bring a rod. Each one that bring their rod, put their name on it. And you're going to take Aaron's rod and you're going to write his name on it, rod of the Levi. For one rod shall be for the head of the house of the fathers. Fourth verse says, and thou shalt lay them in the tabernacle. This is important. Don't lay them in the tabernacle. Now, in order to lay them those rods in the tabernacle, you had to leave your house. And for those that say, well, I get it at home. No, you don't. You don't get everything at home. Church is not a, and I work remotely. And all my users, the 230 users that I'm supporting, plus some, um, uh, are remote access. And I, I know what to do to remote in. But there are also times that I have to go into the office and meet with other people. Your doctor, when it's time to meet, to put stitches in you or to do a procedure of any sort, you have to physically show up. But there are times that you need to physically show up for the Lord too. They were told to bring the staff to go into the tabernacle of testimony. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod that I shall choose, God is going to choose, shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmuring. So there was some murmuring going on. <clears throat> there was some um, people that just would not shut their mouth. There's some folks that just really didn't, couldn't hold it. They had the can't help it. They had diarrhea at the mouth. And God didn't like it. And so he told them to bring their staffs, each one of the head of the house. And maybe they were complaining about who's going to be the next leader, who should be in charge and all of this stuff, or who they think should, have, should be in charge. And God said, bring it to the house. Listen, as we, uh, as people start to prepare, throw their hats into the arena for political purpose. You ought to be praying that God choose who he wants. Lord, choose who you want. God, choose who you want. Same thing on your job. Same thing in the church. You have a say of what goes on. Take it to the Lord. 
Moses spake unto the children of Israel, and every one of the princes gave him a rod apiece. Each one gave them a, a stick, and each prince one, according to their father's house. So even 12 rods and the rod of Aaron was among their rods. And Moses laid up the rods before the Lord in the tabernacle of witness. The eighth verse, highlight this, underline it, make note of it. The Bible said it came to pass. It came to pass. It happened. It came to pass on the morrow, Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded and it brought forth buds and bloom blooms and it yielded almonds. So it didn't just bring forth a flower. It also brought forth the fruit. It brought forth a nut. Now that doesn't happen when you bring a stick. When have you took a stick and laid it anywhere and it just began to, and it didn't just dry up, but it brought forth. When God goodness and his mercy shows up, it's going to bring forth. You're going to bud. You're going to blossom. You're going to bring forth fruit. You're the head of the house. You're the head of the house. And because you are the head of the house. Now, remember, they took the stick to the sanctuary, the tabernacle witness and left it there. You're going to take your cares. You're going to take whatever it is and you're going to lay it before the Lord and you are going to leave it there. You're going to leave it there. And God is going to work with what you have left there, just like he took their rods that represented their house and he worked with them. And the head of that house, Aaron, brought forth. And so Moses brought out the rods from before the Lord and the children of Israel looked at every man's rod. But listen. Aaron had a testimony, and that's what God has given today. His goodness and his mercy leaves us with a testimony of what he can and will do. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for the short exhortation. Thank you for your word this morning. Lord God, and I pray and ask that you would bless those that are listening and those that will be listening later to Embrace your word, apply your word, apply the instructions that have been given through the word in Jesus name, that they may prosper and be in health, even as their soul prosper. Bless them to acknowledge your goodness and mercy, following them everywhere, no matter where they go in or come out, because these are your people, the people that you have made in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you.